0: alabama wins another national championship nfl wildcard weekend is over and the college hoop season is starting to heat up that's right folks this is sports wednesday i'm your host pete brown Joining me, as always, is basketball legend Matt Longley. Coach, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I hope I sound better.
0: Yeah, it sounded like you were actually calling from a phone booth last two shows.
1: Yeah, that that was an effect I was not trying to do, but yeah.
0: Well, and I'm also happy to welcome the maestro. And that is Brian Hake. Hake, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. I'm really doing good.
0: He's really doing good. Now, the maestro was in Hawaii when we recorded our first few episodes, and. Although you're back here in central Ohio, Hake, uh, I I feel like I'm getting a Hawaiian vibe through your microphone over the internet and back to where I'm sitting.
2: Uh, mele Kalikimaka. <laughs>
0: Hake's going to be on, he's going to be adding some comic relief for us, but he has a couple of very important jobs, and hopefully he'll help us getting the show sounding better. But in addition to that, uh, his job is to make sure that no one show devolves into a Cleveland love fest between the coach and myself. Uh, He's eminently qualified for that. He is our official yinzer. Interesting fact about the maestro. You were an assistant coach with basketball legend Matt Longley, coaching a youth basketball team. And you were an assistant coach, uh, for me, coaching a, a U5 soccer team. So you've been assistant coach to both of us, uh, which makes you uniquely qualified for your first question, which is, who is the better coach?
1: Oh, this should be rich.
2: <laughs> um, me?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, that's a great answer. <laughs> a safe and great answer. Gonna be no blood? Well done.
2: No, I'll, I'll say next I'll say Nick Saban.
0: No blindsiding Hake with uh, who's the better coach queries this year. Okay, well, let's get right into it. Uh, Last night, if you stayed up to the wee hours of the night like I did, you were watching the College Football National Championship game. Uh, Coach, you had predicted this to be a, a defensive slugfest, and for the first half, you were definitely right. You also thought Georgia would have the edge, and again for the first half you were right. They, they were able to run the ball. You know, it was thirteen 0 at the half, I think. But and it was it was a defensive game, but it was it was a good watch. It wasn't one of those crummy watches. Uh, but then at halftime, Nick, yeah. You know, so at halftime, Nick Saban takes a huge gamble and he pulls out his starting quarterback for a true freshman named, and I wrote this down: Tua Tagoviloa. Did I say that right? Tagoviloa. Really lit a fire under Alabama's offense. Uh, the teams exchanged touchdowns, but then Alabama rolled off 13 unanswered points to tie the game. Uh, they missed a field goal that would have won it for them with six seconds left. So it went into overtime. And in the first overtime, they won it on a touchdown pass. So, first of all, just give us, give us your reactions there uh, to the game and why you think Georgia didn't
1: prevail as you said, the first half it was going as script. I mean, Georgia was running the ball, shortening the game, and you got you and I were talking about how those long drives were they were absolutely slowing Alabama down, not putting the ball in A- Alabama's hands. But even when it was in Alabama's hands, Georgia's defense was playing as well or better than Alabama. And the, the big thing here is, and I was telling you, and, and I was, as the game was going on, they took the lead, they were up 13 nothing. they took the punch from the young guy coming in, they, it was 13-7, they answer with an 80-yard touchdown play, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, they've done it, this is it, this, basically Alabama was on the ropes, um, and the, the opportunities, at that point, because I was just thinking, I'm like, with this young quarterback, they let him come back out. And I'm like, Georgia's got to force a mistake. They got the mistake with the interception. Tonga throws the interception. Georgia has the ball in Alabama ter- territory. All they have to do is kick a field goal. Just just prove that you can turn a turnover into points. And the first thing Fromm does is throw an interception back to Alabama. And at that point, I was thinking, this, it's – Saban's done it again. (laughs) I mean, he's done it again. It
0: it was interesting because you had two true freshman quarterbacks, and it was like, I threw a touchdown pass. Now I threw a touchdown pass. Now I threw an interception. Now I threw an interception. (laughs) But I think between the two quarterbacks, I think um, Tago Villaloa it, it was a little bit more accurate with his passing, although Fromm probably has more playing time. A lot of that playing time was handing off to his two big
1: backs true but the the one thing that it, it goes along with pitch it with uh, in the baseball with young pitchers when you don't have a lot of tape on them uh, Tngaloa has a chance to to come in and he's an unknown from has been playing all year so Alabama has the whole year of tape to prepare for him but Georgia has to take this unknown it can either go very badly or go like it did last night which is this this electric don't know where he's what he's going to do with it. He did it with his legs a couple times. Um, it, I mean, the well whatever. What do you want to paint it? I mean, Saban, he his gamble paid off huge.
0: Nice and uh, Maestro, I see you logging in on the chat with the zzz, which is either you're finding our conversation boring, or that's what you were doing during the game last night. Which was it?
2: No, it's you guys. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so, deep, so deep. But uh, let's talk talk about Nick Saban's hair. Uh, <laughs> let's, talk about let's talk about how much that uh, this this quarterback reminded us all of a Hawaiian Steve Young. I mean, that's the kind of fun stuff we want to talk about, right?
0: Oh, no, I agree. Yes. Totally.
2: Did, did you guys know the backstory of um, uh, Fromm and that guy? So, uh, apparently, they both wanted to go to Alabama, and then Alabama chose... I, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, but uh, so that's why Fromm went to Georgia. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they they chose Kaliki Maka, and so.
0: Well, I will say that Nick Saban was looking as handsome as always. That's certainly not up for debate. But if I had to give the all fashion yeah, the all-fashion award for last night, I think goes to um, Georgia kicker Ricardo Hot Rod Blankenship. Uh, who had the cool specs, also kicked a 50-yarder. So here's what's interesting. The one rule in college football overtime is don't get sacked, right? Because it moves you out of field goal range. Georgia got sacked on the first drive. He hit, I think that was a 52-yarder um, to still put points on the board. And at that point, I thought Georgia was going to win for sure, but it wasn't to be. But, yeah, so rod Blankenship <laughs> was my pick for for
2: best-looking man out there. Great mustache, too.
0: That's right. So that's Saban's sixth national title, ties Bear Bryant. Uh, I looked this up. Alabama's twelfth national title in the since the poll era began. Um, so I, I guess, and that's the most out of everybody. Ohio State is second with eight. Uh, Notre Dame has eight, and then Oklahoma and USC both have seven. But I mean, you have to give it up for Alabama. They've been a dominant program for more than half a century. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, and 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 he does it. It's just like every year, he wakes up seems like a good year to win a championship. Why not? I mean, you can pencil them into the final four almost every year.
0: I can say, and here's what's interesting. They did come in as that fourth seed, and there was some question as to whether they should be in or Ohio State. Uh, much like 2014 when Ohio State got in as the fourth seed and went on to beat, um, beat Alabama and win the national title that year. Yeah, All right, exactly so, the same. All-time college football national championships since 1869 – Alabama is second. Do you guys want to guess who might be first?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say Notre Dame. Hey. uh
2: Kansas Kansas State. <laughs>
1: <With> <laughs> Kansas State. Were the Wildcats even in the top five?
0: So apparently no, since eighteen sixty nine and and I it says Yale has seventeen national championships. So Seven. saving yeah, Saban may be good, but until he wins another six national championships, he's going to be in Yale's shadow.
1: <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay, anything else about the college football national championship game other than the fact that, Coach, you picked Georgia to win it all and we're not going Yeah, I was that wrong long?
1: again. Yeah, yeah that, thanks for emphasizing that. How about you, Hank? Anything else?
2: That, uh, the, that kicker for Alabama, I mean, oh my gosh.
1: You know, I heard that Alabama, he does not sign kickers to scholarship. Those are all walk-ons. Yeah, and they
0: and they play like it.
1: Oh, absolutely, they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: here's the thing, right? Like any kicker could crack in that moment, but but he wasn't a good kicker even in low-pressure situations, you know? Yeah, and I think they were saying like he slipped a little bit on his plant foot, but the, he was hooking that ball all night.
1: Hank, you still have four years of eligibility, right?
2: Tell you what, I I could f- I could feel his his uh, nervousness. It was like just oh man, it was just coming off the TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I like, but it, I was like, I, this is going to be a miss. I I didn't even think it was going to be a block. It, it was just no question in my head. So uh, no, there was I no chance he was
1: making that. Yeah,
0: and you can't really fault Saban's strategy of signing crappy kickers because he does have six national titles. So
1: correct. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of arguing that.
0: Okay, so that wraps up College Football National Championship. Just a reminder the Sports Wednesday is brought to you by Hoopsters. Hoopsters is the greatest basketball-themed board game you've never played. The reason you never played it, it's not on the market yet. The coach and I invented this game in 2003. And throughout this season, we're going to be documenting our attempts to get some sets built and out into the market. Coach, how are you feeling about Hoopsters this
1: week? Uh, pretty good. How did the, I know you played it with your son. How'd those games go?
0: Yeah. So I'll tell you what, um, let me just describe for the listener how hoopsters works. We say it's a cross between backgammon and basketball, like backgammon, you're moving your markers across a court and getting them off. And when you get all 10 of them off, you win the game. But like basketball, it looks like a basketball court and you move your marble various spots and then you can take a shot. And if you make that shot, your, your player comes off the court. Now, you make a shot by rolling what the dice says for that point. So you might be at a three-pointer, and it might say roll a two, four, six, or 8 to make this. Your opponent can defend those shots as well. So that's, that's the basic premise here. Uh, Coach, if you remember, when we looked at the 2003 prototype, I immediately was like, we have to redraw the three-point line. So the original game was five rows across. And in the game that I redesigned this week, it's seven rows across, so that we can have kind of an NBA style three point line that gives you those. So corners, now you have the corner shots, corner shots, and the wing shots, right? And the other thing was, when we first made the game board, we kind of guessed. We're like, yeah, you should roll this from this spot and this from this spot, and we just kind of <laughs> winged it. And so, so this past week, and this was really interesting for me, was I looked up the NBA shooting percentages from these various spots on the floor. Then I looked at the dice probabilities. And so if there was a spot on the floor where, say, they shoot 35%, I would put in a roll of the dice that had a 35% probability of coming up. So I've been all about the numbers. Wow, that's scientific. Yeah, and I'll tell you. And so I I, I have a paper set that I've been playing with my son. And actually, he likes it. He's not a basketball fan. And what's really nice about it is it takes maybe 10, 15 minutes to play a game. So you can get one in. It's not a huge commitment of time.
1: What'd you guys play three games then?
0: Oh, yeah. I actually think we played like eight games.
1: So, eight games?
0: Yeah, over a couple of days. But so, and and he gave me some feedback too that I think we'll want to talk about. But um, so I had this paper set. Now, if you remember back in 2003, we're like, are we going to screen print these onto wood or how are we going to do that? Um, (laughs) Right? And then I got a screen printing yeah. kit, but I've never actually opened it. So that's as far as we got. Uh, but in 2000, <laughs> 2018, we have the option of laser engraving things, which we didn't have in two thousand three.
1: So what I did was I uploaded, which seems better than the screen. Print.
0: That's yes, right? Better
1: than the screen print. Yeah. So
0: I uploaded yes. the design to a to a service and ordered a board. So it should be coming this week. We'll see how it looks.
2: Oh sweet friggin laser beams! Oh fantastic!
0: Yeah. So so I'm pretty excited just to have. Yeah, I have that on the way and and to have played the game again and and to, like remember that it's as fun as I remembered. Uh, but I think our our task for this coming week should be at some point we got to get together, get together with Hake or our boys or somebody and play a bunch of games with each other and just put it through its paces a little bit.
1: Yeah, cuz I think you and I and just playing it by ourselves, you know, I know it was fun, but we need we need outside people to tell us if either it sucks or it needs work. Yeah. And our kids will tell
2: us that. Can you slam dunk?
0: Uh there is a dunk. It's a it you there's a certain spot on the floor where you only have to roll greater than a 3 to make it. Yeah. So, the other thing I learned actually uh, studying dice probabilities was that in the original game, we actually were putting the people who had to shoot with the even dice at a disadvantage that there was a statistical advantage to having to shoot odd numbers to make these um, shots. And that's because the seven is the highest probability of coming up. Oh, wow. So, no. So, math. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> that was a lot of math. That's yeah, well done. That's all right.
0: So, that was a that was a long update. I think I might kill our second Hoopsters <laughs> commercial.
1: <laughs> you got all in one shot. That was fantastic. Okay. Right.
0: Very good. Okay. So, let's move on to Act 2. I wanted to talk about College Hoops because we haven't talked about it on the show yet. And- we're in that part of the year where being a number one team is something you're not going to be for long. Uh, you know, we saw this past weekend Michigan State was ranked number one and Ohio State beat them. We're just seeing a lot of these highly ranked teams that they that lose games in, in January and early February. And it's kind of hard to see who who's really gonna be the tough team to beat come March. Coach, I'm wondering if you could just say like, who are the teams you're keeping your eye on and what did you think of Ohio State's win over Michigan State? Does it say something about the Buckeyes or something more about M- Michigan State?
1: Yeah, I mean, like th- this past week, out of the ten, top 10 teams, eight of them lost, which just shows you that in January, no one gives a crap if you win or lose a game, even if you're in the top 10. And it's like the same teams are are good again. It's like Duke and Michigan State and Villanova. I mean, there's a few different teams that are you know like Purdue is good again, um, and you've got Michigan State, uh, Wichita State. I mean, there's some mild mid-major teams, but I mean it's the same teams that are good. Um, the Ohio State Michigan State or the Ohio State Michigan State game. I mean, it was a fantastic win for Ohio State. But I mean it was also in Ohio State. It was uh the crowd was into it. They took the momentum. I mean it is a great game for Ohio State, but it really doesn't hurt Michigan State at all. I mean it's not like in college football cuz when you lose one game you're screwed. In college basketball you can lose a couple and it's no big deal.
0: That's right. And it it wasn't a close game. I mean they took it to them. So that no. by the time that game was running down, you know Michigan State was putting in its bench. Anything else on college hoops that we should be looking out for in these in uh, in the lead up to March
1: uh, I mean I just I, I mean like you said this is the the top ten teams are gonna bounce back and forth they're gonna cannibalize each other um, but I mean it, it, at the end it's gonna be the same. T- top 10 teams, Duke will be there, all those teams will be there. I mean, the best thing that came from this weekend is go Bucks cuz now they have a chance to make the tournament again.
0: I guess that is exciting, coach. I and mean, I, I I'm just noticing that last week it seemed like dismantle was your verb of choice and this week it's cannibalize. So that's exciting. I like how you're really stretching yourself <laughs> linguistically.
1: I'm really trying some serious verbal gymnastics.
0: That's right. Okay. <laughs> I know I promised not a second commercial, but it occurred to me that I didn't remind people they can go to Hoopsters.store and drop their email address in and they'll be notified when Hoopsters is available. Uh, Given the length of our conversation today, that could be some time. So Hoopsters.store or you can go to SportsWednesday.com and click on newsletter. Give us your email and we will keep you in the loop. All right, that brings us to Act 3. We are going to recap the NFL wildcard games and our locks of the week. Uh, Coach, you got three (laughs) out of the four games correct. The game you didn't get was your lock of the week, which was uh, (laughs) Kansas City minus three. Once again, for for the first half, you were right on.
1: Oh, they were were playing the script, and then they had to play the second half, and they were bad. They
0: were, so they they lost to what? What many thought the Titans were the worst team in the in the playoffs. Oh yeah. So uh I'm and and then my lock of the week was the Saints over the Panthers. Uh, they did win, but they didn't cover. They I had to give up five and a half points and they won by five. So uh we are 0 for four um, <laughs> on lock, locks of the week. Oh this Which is I the know week, Hank though. is yeah, I know Hank's dying to let us know what he thinks of that, but I will say I mentioned this to somebody at work today. And uh, he said, and I just wanted to pass this on. He said, "Well, maybe you guys don't understand what lock means. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, maybe we think it means we're locking this game down. Stay away from it, (laughs) as opposed to
1: To pick it, please. Yes, yeah,
0: take it to the bank. So, uh, but those were two games. You want to talk about the other games? Uh, There's the the Jaguars, who are apparently from Jacksonville, still, still Jacksonville. Uh, and they beat the Buffalo Bills, so uh, my prediction of a uh, Bills upset and, and the ghost of Marv Levy coming coming to pass uh, did not happen. I have to say, no, I, I can't stand Jacksonville's helmets. You know, they're they're black in the front and gold in the back. Hank, hey, what do you
1: think?
2: Oh, they're ugly, terrible. Yeah, I
1: hate their uniforms. I mean, their uniforms are just a travesty. They're awful. Do you
0: remember there was a time where like? I thought, oh, you should redo our helmets with black, but with an O that was like right on the top. So that if you were hel- oh, helmet spearing yes. someone, yes. you'd see this O coming at you. <laughs> I literally feel bad. Yeah, it was like somebody like me who had six beers in his belly that came up with the Jaguar's current helmets.
1: It, yes, it had to be so bad.
0: And I was going to try and figure out how to do this, but I can't. But but British guys say Jaguar differently than we do because I keep seeing these Jaguar commercials. And
1: they say Jaguar.
0: Yeah. Right. So do you think Jaguar. they're called the Jacksonville Jaguars?
1: <laughs> I think people that are really hoity toity do, but I don't think there's a lot of hoity toity people in Jacksonville. And that, that just probably got me in trouble, but I'm pretty sure they don't have a lot of that there.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think saying a certain city has a lot or not a lot of hoity toity people will get you in trouble.
1: <laughs> but I do have to tell you that game was like watching, your seven-year-old little league game. The only people that cared (laughs) are the fans. And even them, they're, they're, they're half committed. I mean, that's just, that was so bad. Yeah,
0: that was. And, and you did say it was going to be an unwatchable game and it clearly was.
2: So that I got right. Is Marv Levy dead?
0: Uh, I don't know. That's a good question.
2: Oh, that's a great question. You said the ghost of Marv Levy. So I thought maybe he had passed.
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe that that could be your trivia question. <laughs> Is Marv Levy dead? Are they <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I I actually thought at one point. Now LaShawn McCoy, uh, he did okay running, but I I really thought I like I thought if the Bills put OJ Simpson out there, they would have had a better shot.
1: Oh, much better chance. No, he's ninety two. He's still alive.
0: Yeah, first uh, OJ Simpson reference oh. on, on the podcast.
1: So well done. <laughs> no.
2: Well and done. then the
0: last wild card game uh, was the Falcons over the Rams, which we both uh, predicted. I did not think they would win by as much as they did, uh, 26-13. And what's interesting to me is now the Falcons, who were underdogs to the Ram, are favored over the Eagles in the divisional round by three. So uh, clearly Las Vegas saw something they liked in the Falcons.
1: Oh, I, I think they've they've figured it out. I mean, I, I feel like they're playing, it. it's like the NCAA tournament. You just have to get in it. And once you're in it, you can win it. And I, I mean, they're a good team. They're a really good team and they only got to win. Just keep winning. Um, and I think they figured it out. I, I'd be scared if I was uh, anybody playing Atlanta. I think they're a really good team right now. Are you guys watching these games?
0: Uh, we're we're watching some of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I watched them all. Man,
0: harsh. Are, are you check. watching the games? Hey?
2: Hell no. I may watch the Steelers,
1: but that's Reese. Oh, the Steelers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Okay, like I did say, it's like let's get together and watch a game uh, last night. But I'm kind of glad that everybody was too tired because you know I fell asleep midway through the third quarter and woke up when it was twenty to twenty. So I feel like all I really missed were the thirteen unanswered points, and I could, <laughs> just I can pretty much fake my way. Yeah, I can fake my way through that.
1: Of course you can.
0: So. Okay, so here here's what's coming up this weekend. And then we each have to pick a lock on one of these games. Uh coach, you have first pick. Uh Hake, you can have second pick. I'll take third pick. Okay. So we have Atlanta, uh, minus three at Philadelphia. We have New England, minus thirteen and a half versus Tennessee. Pittsburgh at home, minus seven and a half over Jacksonville, Jaguars. Jaguar. And Minnesota. Minnesota uh, minus four over New Orleans. So, Coach, uh, you want to just talk about what you see in any of these games and what your lock is?
1: Well, I mean, I, Atlanta, like we talked about, I think they're they're hot right now. New England playing Tennessee, that, that game is going to be a disaster for Tennessee. I, I think New England will win by 20. Uh, Pittsburgh-Jacksonville, as much as I would like to pick Jacksonville because I would like to see Pittsburgh lose – all the time Pittsburgh's going to roll there too um but my lock Saints over the Vikings I'm taking the four points that's that's just going to be easy money
0: that's right the Saints uh you've been picking them for the Super Bowl this year they certainly looked good against the Panthers 31 26 makes it look I think a little closer than it actually was I don't think Carolina is-
1: yeah,
2: I wasn't. all
0: right Maestro what do you got when what are you picking as your lock
2: I'm pretty close to Matt there, except uh, I think Philadelphia is gonna gonna take Atlanta. I think Atlanta's gonna choke again. I think Philly's strong. They want to be there. They got that. What's his name? Wentz? Wentz? Carson? I don't even know.
0: Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah,
2: and he's off his.
1: Is he hurt? They have Nick Foles. No. Yeah, Carson Wentz blew out his ACL. He's done for the season. They got Nick God Foles p- throwing for them. See? They got a backup.
2: Yeah. Well, I think they'll keep them in it. You know, Atlanta <laughs> choked. They choked last year. They're done. And then I'm going to take – but everything else <laughs> is the same. I, I think New England's all, right. all pissed everybody was saying. Uh, okay,
0: so he is picking picking the Eagles, Philly, Philly at home. Nick Foles has some playoff experience. He's not a terrible backup. I mean, it's not like no. they're going into the playoffs with Don Strzok as their quarterback. Oh, Donnie. Yeah, that's right. Before uh, before I give you my lock of the week, I just want to confirm that Marv Levy is in fact alive. He's ninety-two. He is ninety-two years old. So good on him.
1: Yes. So good for him.
0: And I had no idea he actually was the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes of this Canadian Football League for four years. So
1: I didn't know that either. That's fascinating. There you have
0: it. Okay, so my lock of the week then I am going to go with uh, new England over Tennessee. I'll give up the 13 and a half points. I think it's more than a two touchdown game. I wanted to go with the Steelers, but, but as a Clevelander, it's hard for me to do that. But I think all of us have been uh, pretty much resigned to much like Cavs warriors is going to be the finals. Again, the AFC championship is going to be new England, Pittsburgh. Um, and it's get You know, whoever wins that, I think is likely super bowl champion.
2: I agree. Do you guys believe the story? The new England has uh, got internal strife. Or is that all? Just a bunch of hooey.
1: Uh, I, I. mean what's their strife? That they're upset that they win too much. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I,
2: I, I. No, the, I think that uh, that uh, Brady wants to leave and all that good stuff, and that Belichick's going to the Giants. I mean, there's all kinds of talk.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a bunch of made up stuff. I mean, Belichick, he's a legacy guy, and they're saying that he would go to the Giants because he was a Giants guy, but there's no way Kraft would let him go. And Brady is going to retire as a as a Patriot. I mean, I they're just make it just seems like stuff that they make up to, or they kind of do it. I think they're bored, so they are like you know we should fight each other to make this more interesting.
0: Well, I I did hear Tom Brady in an interview say. You know, we win so many games that the media has to speculate on these stories to keep it interesting, yeah. uh, which was a lovely humble brag. But I, I think he does have a point there. I mean, Bill Belichick is not going to win any major personality awards anytime soon, right? I think it's hard no. to say anybody is good friends with that guy.
1: Uh, <laughs> no. Certainly,
0: as soon uh, as he cut I'm... Bernie Kozar. yeah. <laughs> when he cut Bernie Kosar, he was dead to me for life.
1: Oh, he's been uh, dead to me for years.
0: I mean, just think of all the all the crap gets that gets thrown at the Patriots and they keep winning, right? All of the deflate gate stuff and then uh what were they stealing plays at one point? And it just
1: right the uh, videotaping of plays during practice. Yeah, they've yeah. they've seen and it so, all.
0: And and I think I it's mean, when a team does win a lot you're suddenly like, well they must be doing something that the rest of us aren't doing.
1: Yeah. And Tom Brady's a handsome man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which, 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 by the way, that's the exact feeling I have when I walk through the golf course part of my neighborhood and see the giant mansions that line the golf course. I'm like, they must be doing something I'm not doing.
1: <laughs> I always think that what the hell do they do to do that? Yes. Yeah. So,
0: okay. So those are our locks of the week. That means we can move on to Trivia. I'm super excited for this. Uh, I uh, got last week's trivia question, so I'm 1 for 2. Coach, you're 0 for 2, and Hake Elise, you're 0 for 0. 100%. So, Hake, do you want to ask us your question first?
2: You guys ready? Yeah, do it. In, in light of the, uh, the big victory for the uh, OSU um, Buckeyes, beating Michigan State when was the last time they beat a number one team at home
1: oh I want to say it was Indiana no
0: he said no I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was uh, a U- University of North Carolina <laughs> Nope. What was it? He
2: <laughs> was it Illinois. It was Wisconsin, two thousand seven. Oh. oh man, I never would have got. They did play Indiana. There. They did play Indiana a few years ago, but they lost. <sighs> Indiana was ranked number one,
1: and they lost. They
2: sorry was that
1: was that <laughs> too hard
2: for you guys? No, that was. <laughs> <laughs> How how about about an easy question for you? Oh, you have another. You have a bonus? Yeah. Bonus. I do. I I have an easy one. All right, go. What What is the name of the new NHL expansion team? Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: The new NHL expansion team. The NHL is a hockey league.
1: They play hockey, yes.
0: The hockey players. The hockey players of the new city.
1: They're the Knights. They're not the Black Knights, are they? The Golden Knights. Golden Knights, because the Black Knights are Army. Damn it. The Golden Knights.
0: Las Vegas seriously is getting a hockey team, and they're calling themselves the Golden
1: Knights.
2: They already have they it. They already have it, and they're in first place. Nice.
1: Yes, and they're getting Holy a football cow. team. Things are just happening in Vegas.
0: For sure. I knew I knew about the Raiders moving there. I just – well, let's face it. we We don't hit hockey very hard. I think actually – Although I was thinking about this today, I you know originally I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame, so I said I'll be the hockey guy. But Hake owns more than one hockey sweaters, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Sweater, yes. He's a hockey guy. Hockey. Yeah, yes. And so all, you're, the yeah. Right, you're the hockey guy. Yeah, right. You're the hockey guy by default. Sweet. I'll be the sweet. Puck. We'll call you Puck. Yeah. Uh, in um, light of Case Keenum uh, being a backup who's having a great season. Uh, Bradford went down. Case Keenum is everybody's darling. And it's yet to see what he'll do in the playoffs. There have been several quarterbacks that have been backups that have won the Super Bowl. Um, Doug Williams, Kurt Warner, Trent Dilfer, Jeff Hostetler, and even your boy Terry Bradshaw was a backup and then won this first Super Bowl. But can you tell me the one player that as a backup won a Super Bowl twice? He was a backup but ended up becoming the starter and then won the Super Bowl. He did it twice. Did it twice.
0: Hmm. I'm going to say Jim Plunkett.
2: Hake? Um shoot, I can't remember his name. His first name's Kurt. Warner? Yeah.
1: Okay, one of you is correct. Again, Pete Brown. You did it. It is Jim Plunkett, 80 and 83. <laughs> what? That is unbelievable. All right. Now, do you have H Jim Plunkett knowledge? HJPK? I, HJPK,
0: yeah. Well, I do remember, you know, he was a backup for Stabler when the Raiders won. And that was, I think that Raiders team, that's the one that beat the Browns on Red Wright 88. Not yeah, he
1: actually came in. Dan Pastorini broke his leg in 1980, and that's when they beat Philadelphia. And then in '83, Mark Wilson was their quarterback, and he got hurt. And then he ended up finishing that season, and they beat the Redskins.
2: That guy, he it never seemed like his, it never seemed like his helmet fit.
1: He didn't. He had a giant head, a giant head,
0: and he had like one or two bars across it. And was it?
1: Another... one bar. <laughs> he had the old yeah. one bar.
0: Okay, so let me give give you guys my questions. We're going to go to basketball because I was talking earlier about shooting percentages. In uh, in doing that research, I learned a lot of interesting things about three-point shooting in the NBA. So uh, I'm just going to share some facts and then ask a question. So NBA institutes the three-point line, 1979, uh, and in that year, teams took an average of 2.7 attempts per game, and they hit about 28% of those shots. Uh, last year, they're up over 21 attempts per game. The highest year for three-point percentage shooting, which means a year in which the league averaged the highest, uh, it happened 1995, 96, 97, which were the three years the three-point line was moved in. Uh, But then after it was moved back out, they matched it again in 2009. So within four points, I want you to, to get what the, the highest ever league-wide average percentage for three-point shots was.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: The Highest within four points. I'm going to say 39%.
0: Okay, how about you, Hake? 40%. 40%. You both got it. It was actually, it was 36.7%. Oh, we got it. So, and here's what's interesting. All three of those years in the 90s when they moved it in was 36.7%. Then 2009, 36.7%. And since then, it's kind of hovered between 33 and 36%.
1: So Um, 36.9%. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, would anybody like to have a bonus question? Yes. Okay. The top team with the all-time highest three-point percentage and the bottom team.
1: Of all time?
0: Yeah, all time since 1979.
1: Oh, gosh. I'd say that – God, because they shot a lot of threes. I'd say the top team is uh, Boston, and the bottom team is um, since 1979 all-time is Charlotte.
0: How about you, Hake?
2: I'm going to go Cincinnati and Pittsburgh.
0: (laughs) The The Royals. Nice. Okay. I got to give you both passes on that. So the Phoenix Suns uh, were the top team of all time. They're shooting percentage rate 36.3. And actually, if you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, they do shoot a lot of threes. They do. The lowest team, and I thought this was interesting, but it makes sense, is the 76ers. And they're down oh, around yeah. 32, 32.1%. That's pretty significant. And the last thing that it, I thought was interesting the all time uh, highest three point shooting percentage is Steph Curry right now. Yes. Uh, and he's at 44.4%. So think of the That's advantage true. they have there when the league's averaging 36% and he's at 44. Uh, and sixth on the list, just because I always have to bring him up in every podcast, is our man Kyle Korver with the Cavs at 42.9%. So. K-squared. So Nice. He's going to change so, things. <laughs> all right. So, if I've done my math correctly, I am two for three on trivia. Uh, Coach, <gasps> you are one for three now, and, Hake, you're one for one. Damn straight. God. Did I get that right?
2: Yes, he is. That's all right, ridiculous. we're doing
0: great. So hopefully, we can turn around on these locks of the week. It just brings us to final thoughts. Uh, any final thoughts that you might have? Let's start with you, Hake.
2: I'm really, uh, I'm really kind of upset about this whole ice skating thing for the Olympics. What? And, uh, what is the, it? The uh, it's all about jumping now. There's no, there's no beauty in it anymore. It's all about acrobatics. It was really upsetting. Oh,
1: so you were—that bothers you. <laughs> it really
2: bothers you.
0: you You're—you can be our ice skating and hockey guy now.
2: He's cornered to winter sports. I'm ice. Anything
0: cold. on ice—that's true. So are—are are you, serious? So you're watching the figure skating trials, and it's—it's it's all about the the power of these jumps, and not the grace and the in the beauty for reals.
2: I, I honestly don't watch any ice skating, but I am a little sad that they are taking that. <laughs> they're taking that out of it, though. It's like tennis, you know? Nobody's hanging out at the net anymore. Nobody's using the the, the touch of the racket at the net. It's all power. It's all serves. Same things happen in ice skating.
1: It's wow. just, they're, they're so parallel. <laughs> ice skating
2: and tennis. Taking what a great the art connection. Out, <laughs> taking the art out of it.
1: Right? I feel...
0: I feel like there's a collection of 72-year-old men and women who are nodding appreciatively and going, oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel back in, him. Back in my us. day, we played the net, and ice skating was about grace and beauty. <laughs> but, hey, didn't that, <laughs> guy, did Weir, that. didn't that guy Johnny Weir do a routine where like, his hand was in a goose puppet? I mean, that's pretty damn artistic.
2: It's out there. I have no idea what you're talking I have,
0: about. I have two two fun ice skating facts. Uh, the first one is, and uh, in, in one of the early Olympics, I can't remember the year, but this is true: uh, barrel jumping was one of the contests where you basically skate up to a row of barrels and have to jump over it. I, th- I think that's got to come back. Uh, and then, secondly, one of the three people on this podcast was once mistaken for Brian Boytano uh, by a waitress at a restaurant, and it wasn't me, and it
2: wasn't the coach. It was me. Oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm still pissed about that
0: what <laughs> we were we were at a restaurant and the waitress kept going you look like someone you look like someone and then she's like Brian Boitano you know Canadian figure skater extraordinaire you do have a slight Boitano look but not as much as she was certainly suggesting
1: she was really stuck on that Brian Boitano I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years <laughs> and I was more handsome then <laughs> Okay. All right, coach, final thoughts. I I can't follow Brian Boitano. I I for me that's just learning about that and barrel jumping is my final thought. Fantastic. Very
0: good. You know, I'll do a little more research into barrel jumping and and share some stats next time. It it just seems to me like some
1: You can be our barrel jumping expert.
0: Yeah, the Baltic I bet the Baltic teams are really good at it for some reason. Okay. Well, my, my final thought having watched Wildcard Weekend is this. The National Football League should change their name to the National. The previous play is under review league. Uh, the number of reviews they're now doing in the last two minutes of a game is absolutely ridiculous. It stretches that last two minutes out to like 30 or 40 minutes because they are reviewing every single play. It interrupts any momentum in the game, any flow. And it, I, Honestly, I feel like I'm watching a bad episode of LA Law during the final two minutes of the game. So that's that's my final thought. This past weekend, I watched the FCS Championship. That's what we used to call Division I AA College. It was North Dakota State. They beat James Madison, and it was a great game. And they reviewed a couple things, but it was the flow of the game that you're really able to get into as a fan and watch. And and it was just such a stark contrast to the, the shitty experience I had watching those wildcard games that I really feel like, I understand the need to get all these calls. Right. But I mean, right now it's, it's unwatchable.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's slow and and it's unnecessary.
0: All right. Hake. anything from you, anything else we got to, we need to bring up?
2: Uh no, I'm just real excited. We got uh, we got some winter training for uh for little league coming up this week, so I'm real excited about that.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that for real? You guys have indoor baseball practice?
1: Yeah, there's no off season.
0: And that's and that's the team you're coaching, coach?
1: Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. me.
0: And how many hours a day is it? Like four hours a day.
1: That's for we warm up for four hours and then we 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 practice for six. It's a ten hour thing. It's no big deal.
0: Nice. well I, I'm I mean, actually looking forward. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting you sports in on this podcast because I know that everybody's oh, got some pretty strong opinions of it.
1: I can't, I can't wait, please, I can't wait.
0: Okay, well, I think that wraps us up and another great Sports Wednesday. This was a long episode. I might cut it down a little bit, but I am excited to see how the dynamic's evolving. Uh, how do you guys think it went?
1: I thought it was good. Even the hate kid was good. I'm sure I added a lot of value.
0: Seriously, I mean, ice skating and hockey and stuff, that
2: was that was awesome.
0: Yeah, And Brian Botana. Definitely had a lot of value. That's There's right. There's a theme there. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. We will be back next Wednesday, uh, with another edition of Sports Wednesday. Until then, you can hit us up at sportswednesday.com. And don't forget to go to Hoopsters.store, drop in your email address, and you know, you'll you'll get to know if and when this game makes it tomorrow. It's it's such a good game. It's life changing. Hey, That's all I can say. Hey, does
2: say. that does that game need uh, some logo work? I know a guy.
0: You know a guy? Okay, Sports Wednesday is a Blue Monkey Communications production and features me, Pete Brown, and basketball legend Matt Longley. Check us out every Wednesday for the right amount of sports talk in the middle of your week. Some music on today's show is courtesy of the websites audionautics.com and Freesound.org and is licensed under Creative Commons. To stay up to date on new episodes and on the development of the basketball-themed board game Hoopsters, head to hoopsters.store or sportswednesday.com and leave us your email address. I'm Pete Brown for basketball legend Matt Longley. Until next week, good times, everybody.